The angry mob approaches, growing ever closer. The air burns in your lungs and fatigue infiltrates your muscles. You may not make it out of this accursed city alive. I'm going to cast grease at the mob, then I'll dip around the nearest corner. Bill, you're up next, just like we planned. I'm going to cast fog, then follow Lou. Once we're away from the crowd, on my next round, I'm going to cast disguise self, you know, to look like a commoner. I'll do the same if anyone approaches. I'll have that friendly spell ready. That will eat up my remaining spell slots. Let's talk about five more things DMs do that players hate. This week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. <laughs> He's disregarding us. Again. You have been disregarded. You're disregarded right back. As you if can't disregard our, me back. Our well thought out plans just cast aside as if it doesn't matter. He does that all the I time. I hate that. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I don't hate? What don't you hate, Lou? A word from Bill. We are continuing to hold our giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four traditional crown royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starters Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchy's Out-of-the-Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats The Rad Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventures Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. We realize we may have asked a lot of you initially, so here's the new and improved way to enter the epic giveaway. Simply leave us a message at thedungeonmastersdojo.com. You'll automatically be entered into the giveaway for a chance to win. After we receive 500 messages, we draw one lucky winner. We'll see you next time in the dojo. See, Bill didn't disregard the people. That was more than a word from Bill. But then again, I've never known him to use just a word. That's what I, that's, (laughs) that's what I expected. (laughs) I cannot dispute. Yes, we're still giving things away. Or trying to. We're still trying to give a pile of things away. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your table. Tell your table. Tell your your friendly local gaming store. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Go in there. Hey, have you heard about the giveaway from the Dungeon Master's Dojo? And they may ask, the Dungeon Master's Dojo, what is that? And you can tell them. And send them our way. Yeah. You're in the know. Yeah. 
you're the the bridge between the unknowing and us. You are now formally bequeathed as an emissary of the DMD. That's a pretty lofty title. It is. It is. It's a lot of responsibility. Carry that mental carefully. Yes. So, shall we move on? Yeah, there's some things DMs do that really pisses off players. There's uh, more. (laughs) There's more. Than just the, the list of five we initially had graced you with. And here's five more. Uh, nothing bugs the shit out of me more than a plotless sandbox game. I'm not going to disagree with you there. There is nothing more aggravating than that. And what really upsets me is usually there's a GM sitting at, at the end of the table who's actively looking irritated at you for not doing stuff while you're waiting for the DM to do like, stuff. Do, do stuff. <laughs> Yes. Plotless sam- sandbox game. You don't want to battle around in circles. No. you. And it's like, okay, you can only do so much shopping, and are there, is there any goblins to kill? Uh, yeah. Should I go to someone's home, kick open the door, take their stuff? Yeah. Is there a dragon or a dungeon I can crawl through? Yeah. What, what, do we, what do we do? Sandboxes are tricky to begin with. Yeah, they are. And I, I think as a new DM, you should try to be a little railroady. Not too much. A but, touch, yeah. But just enough to learn how to DM. Because the whole sandbox thing is it's really hard to wrangle a bunch of players together who are running amok through the countryside or the city or, or you know, the local brothel, whatever have you. Right. If you have a new game master, more often than that, I would assume you have new players. It's a new table starting up. So you can do a little bit of railroading, a touch, because they're not used to what the rules are and the and the sometimes lack of limitations that are out there. So you if you ha- you almost have to impose some of those limitations by railroading just to make sure they kind of stay on plot and they they understand that there is a plot, there is a scenario, there is a, a a chain of events leading to something. Hopefully, yeah. And I I just never really liked sandbox games that much. It does. It leaves a lot, a lot of openness, but with that, you need to make sure. So you're not plotless. You have a goal, right? Um, without that, you know, you're running just like you said, running amok through the countryside. Yeah, I think it's almost hard to do a true sandbox game without having some sort of plot or story or direction or something. And by its very nature, I think a sandbox game is 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 plotless. So you have to. You have to really, I, I think, integrate features of sandboxiness into your your story framework, so that there's still a degree of agency, right? Your players have, yes. but while still having a clear goal in mind, because there's all sorts of things when when they go totally off the rails, there's all sorts of all sorts of things that just just happen. There's fires get started, murder, hoboing. Happens. They're acting out of boredom. Yeah, m- more often than not, yes. They don't feel like they're accomplishing anything, so let's let's just do something other than this. Yeah, you have effectively left the toddler on the kitchen floor with an open bottle of bleach and some sharp cooking utensils, right? There, nothing good is going to come from that. And the toaster plugged in. 
Yes. <laughs> There's gonna be bad things happening. It's sitting next to the wet diaper. It's yeah, just nothing there's... good could possibly happen. Well, would you leave our group plotless? No. Even with our plot, our group can sometimes has go some, full yeah. blown sandbox on us. Uh and it it takes a little bit to reel them in on occasion. I, I know when Marcus gets bored or Lou gets bored, yeah, uh, just things go sideways fast. Yep. Yes, I've I've seen that. I've seen that before. I saw that when Andrew was running and somebody somebody left the gate to the backyard open and Marcus got out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and went and, on a tear through the neighborhood. Yes. And just it was it was ugly. So stay away from those. What? Stay away from those sandbox. What? Sandbox games. What? That brings us to our next point. Not What's listening that? to the players. <laughs> yes. You weren't listening. I wasn't. Yeah, the, the players have a lot of input, a lot of input. I mean, it's a collaborative storytelling. And if you don't take what they say into consideration, both good, bad, and ugly, in-game and out-of-game, then you're going to have some problems. Because, well, if you're not listening to me uh, – and you're not listening to him, then we're just here to listen to your narrative. And oh, yeah. and there's no input, and it's not collaborative any longer. It's not fun. And it's not fun. That's the object of the game, isn't it? Yes, it is. To be fun. When you're deciding to run a game, it's a big undertaking. Have have a conversation with, with your players, because it's it's not about one specific person at the table. Um, and it's certainly not all about you, the DM, ask them what they, what they like and what they're interested in and what they, you know, what they enjoy seeing at the gaming table. And you're often going to get several different answers, right? Some, someone may like a really deep plot. Someone else may like combat. I want to fight. You know, I want swords clashing and arrows flying and piles of bodies and all that good sword and sorcery kind of stuff and someone else may want dark and gritty while someone else is more of a beer and pretzels kind of person. Uh, listen to them and because you can, you can appease everybody at the table by adding elements of what everybody is looking for into your game and your campaign. And it's really not that hard to do. And sometimes it may be different than what your big plan is for your campaign, but it can still work in it absolutely very easily. And to your points too, if you're really lucky, a couple or several of your players might be looking for the same thing. Yeah. And if you're fortunate enough to have that, then you have a, a main line that you can, can spin off of because they will hopefully in through the player uh, role-playing and the interactions with the other characters will draw them into your plot as well. As you know, your your player's plot. And again, the, we've said this hundreds of times, the backgrounds are very, very useful there because they may put something in the background that they did not say out, out across the table. But you as a game master with that background in your back pocket can help incorporate small little parts of that too and draw them as well and coalesce the group. And listen to them outside of their suggest or, you know, what they, what they want out of a game. But when... You know, sometimes as a DM, I know I, I've done this before. I haven't, I haven't realized I was doing something, and one of my players had, had said, "You know, 
when we were doing X, Y, and Z, and you said this, you know, that really kind of irritated me. Like, oh, okay, how come? Why? You know, what happened? And we we don't often under you know realize what we're saying or what we're doing when your players bring that up or you know hey I'm I just wasn't comfortable with this part of the storyline I don't know why can we you know kind of gloss over it be respectful to that and and listen if your players know they could come to you and talk to you about things and you're going to listen you're going to build a lot of trust amongst your players you have to um, enable your players to be able to do so as well. Absolutely. Tell them, hey, you know, if something comes up or if you're going to uh, broach a subject matter that has the potential of having an issue, th- then come right out and tell them, you know, b- before the game starts, even if it, it's a, an ongoing scenario and you're changing the plot a little bit or you're coming into a new chapter, I say, hey, by the way, we're going to be touching on this. If anyone's got an issue with it, hey, you know, you just catch me aside and let me know. Because uh, there's a lot of things, I mean, we use a lot of life experiences to parallel in the game just to give it a little bit of realism. And there are some things that some people are uncomfortable with yeah. uh, because of recent happenstances or past happenstances, and it, it just makes them uncomfortable. And they may not say anything. They may not want to say anything to, to stand out, and I don't want to ruin it for the table or, or you know, geez, well, it's my problem, not yours. You have, you have to enable them to be able to come to you and let them know that, hey, you know, if something comes up and you're not comfortable with it, no problem. I can, I can, I can work around this. Just let me know. Yeah. Or character development. I've, I've had a, a DM do something with one of my characters. I've, I've said, Hey, this is the direction I want to go in with a character. I think it'd be really cool for the character to do that. And a couple months later, the DM's like, okay, you are, you are a prince, but didn't know it. I'm like, that's not really the direction we talked about. Yeah. You know, that's not how, you know. How that's great for your plot line, but yeah, uh, is... I think I would have remembered. Yeah. So <laughs> stuff like that, you know, the with the character's backstory, where you want to take the character, talk to your DM, DMs, listen to your listen to your players. You may think of a great idea for their character, but it's not their, it's not your character. It's theirs, right. you know. Work with their ideas and what they want to see from out of their like character growth and, 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 and where the journey is, is ultimately going to take them. A lot of them do have a vision of where they want their characters to go Yeah, and aspirations. Uh, a veteran player that's been playing a while will invest a lot of thought into their character and where it becomes not necessarily a piece of paper as much as a persona. It, 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 there's a certain life to it. And they really get behind that. And no, no, this is, you know, I can see this guy doing this and he wants to do this. Our, our group is really good with this. There's some people that have thought out the next, like, you know, Frank's thought out the next five decades for his character. I was going to say the same thing with Sin. He's the same S- way. He'll, S- Tim, yep. Yeah, he plans way, way, way yep. out. And not just character-wise, but level-wise as well. Yeah, this is where this, my plan is to go. Well, I've seen him open up a yeah. sheet and he's already got the character built out like four or five levels up. Um, so on occasion, yeah, I think he did it with Doria, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he had like levels. Or, all right, the next level I'm going to have this, and I already made the character sheet, and I made the character sheet for this level and this level, and it's like, uh, okay, um, awesome. Uh, it's good to have plans. Let's hope they come into fruition. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But not listening to them. But not listening right. I think is more disrespectful. Well, interjecting stuff that doesn't fall into their line. And, and you can say, okay, you're a prince. 
or you're a princess or you're nobility or you're hunted uh, for something that your grandfather did. It's like, okay, um, I've been on the up and up. I'm a, I'm a flipping paladin. Uh, I think I've long since, you know, taken care of any sins that my family has done. That's how I got to this position. And that's not me. So, okay, all well and fine. I'm just going to ignore it. And the players have that right. It's them. That, you know, I've said the player's character sheet is them. And the rest of the universe is the game master. Well, you, it works the other way around. You may be the entire universe, but you are not that that person, that persona. Yep. You're not that. So don't play it for them. Yeah, it's and if you have a if you have a player that's that invested in their character and they've they've spent all that time and that thought, I mean, they they made your job so much easier. You have you have someone that's eager to be there at that table. Yes. Playing playing the game you've come up with. Don't squash that. You know, your job as a as a DM gets easier and easier with every invested player that's at your table. Mm-hmm. And it only gets harder with every disinvested player you have at your table. It makes for a long, sloggy session. It does. And and I'm going to jump script here and switch number three and four because you just said it, squashing the player's creativity. Yeah. Uh, they, they said, I, I know I've written huge backstories. Um, I've made characters at the milestones ahead of time. So I have a rough idea where I want to go, similar to what other people have done. I'm mm-hmm. keeping squirreled away, but I occasionally, when I'm really behind a character, I'll do that as well. And a lot of time and research and investment, and I, you know, gee, I, I seen this series on TV, so I watched the whole series because that that character on that show is following a really similar path to where I want to go. I want to see what the writers did with this and see if it's something I can use. Did I miss anything? Did I, you know, and so there's, there's hours of reading and viewing and research that some people put into their characters. And then you come up and go, no, 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 your character's going this way. Um, no. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't want to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I took this um, next point as, in-game creativity. Yes. That, yeah. That yeah. too. There's yeah. nothing worse than than coming up with an awesome sounding plan and then just having it be like, no, that's not working. I th- the rule of cool should always apply. It supersedes yeah. at my table. It supersedes the rules. If you could come up with something that sounds awesome and is cinematic, then I'm going to let you have a crack at it. and. And screw the rules. Have a go. It was so cool that DC just dropped by 10. Yeah. Roll it. <laughs> yeah, you got a pretty good chance of pulling this one off because it is that cool. And they have the skills to back it. They have the resources. Yep. They have the magic. They have the spells. And they're putting it together in a really unique and creative way. By all means, let it fly. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let it, let it happen. Because whether it's successful or not, and to what degree it is successful. Either way, it's going yeah. to make the experience at the gaming table, not just for that player, but for every single person, yourself included DMs, mm-hmm. at that table, awesome. And I always think of the year that Lou's character rode a shield down the steps of uh, a step pyramid into a mob of zombies climbing the stairs. And it was outlandish. But in my head... When when he said this is what I'm doing, I'm I'm like this would be 
fucking cool. Well, I remember we took the, the break and you said, I got to talk to you in the other room. And he pulls it. This is what Lou just did. Unbeknownst to Lou that there was a flashback coming up literally next about how he escaped from prison peeing on a, a leather pelt during the winter so it froze into something that looked like a sled or shield and breaking the bars and sliding down the mountainside to get away. And he went and pulled off the same exact stunt. Yep. You know, know your players. Know your players. <laughs> it, it was just, okay, so, yeah, the, if you know your players and you know they're creative and if you've been playing with them long enough where you kind of, kind of guess that they're going to do something weird, let them do the something weird because that's the stuff – I mean, that was six, seven, eight, ago, that was yeah. it, what, eight years About ago? eight years ago. Yeah. And we're, we're bringing it up again because the rule of cool superseded. But if I had said, no, no, you can't do that. The no. laws of physics just don't work that way. Uh, and the studs on the shield caught the corner yep. of the step and overturned you, and you went toppling down, and this is how much damage you took as you went rolling down the stairs. Now you're in- injured and at the feet of all the zombies who are now going to have uh, advantage and they're going to attack now. And realistically, it's like, those are the words I never want to hear. I don't give a shit about realistically. <laughs> that's why, that's why I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm not at work or at home paying bills. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I don't want any realistically in my D and D game. Right. Legolas, yeah. Legolas sliding down the stairs. I was going to say the same thing while shooting the bow, while shooting the bow with dead on accuracy. And then kicks the shield out to stab somebody perfectly in the throat. Yep. It's, it's bullshit, <laughs> but it looks, it's it looks awesome cool. Bullshit. It's, it's cinematic. And again, I'm not watching Lord of the Rings for, you know, the sense of realism. Yes. It's not being narrated by, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can't possibly happen. You know, or even like the the, the scenario we kind of teased the episode with, right? A well-thought-out plan yep. that maybe you as the DM didn't didn't think of. And, and you don't have to think. You don't have to think of like a, a, a counter for every single yeah. action your players do. If If they come up with an awesome plan like that to get away from your angry mob, let it play out. Yep. Let it play out. And you know what? Toss them in. Reward them for their creativity. Never squash it. Reward creativity. Yep. Let them get away. Let them bump into an NPC that's going to help them at this time. You may have to, you know, move things around a little bit. Or they get away. Oh, geez, you know, we're finally safe. And another group comes around the corner. A smaller group, something they can possibly handle in combat or can easily escape. Once again, ramp up the drama, ramp up the, you know, the intensity of the game where the constant being harried by this group after group after group got away from that one. Now you got to get away from the next one, but yeah, don't squash it by any means. And that's the worst thing you could do to a new player. Oh yeah. They just, oh, this game sucks. I can't do anything. Yeah. You just lost. Well, you can get worse than that. And that's what our next point. What is that? God complex. Oh, uh. this is my pet peeve. Not not only as a player because that doesn't happen often, but <laughs> but as a as a DM, you know those other those those DMs that are just like, I'm perfect because I'm sitting in this chair. No, you're just another player. Everything I say is law. My interpretation is the only. Yeah, you're just another player. You can be wrong. Just like everybody else, mm-hmm. um, un- and understand that that you could be wrong. When we were first starting Fifth Edition, it was it was a difficult transition because we were coming off of 
really 2.5 for decades. Yep. And my confidence in 2.5 was high because I had play, been playing so much. And I, I think I'm still far more competent with the rule set of 2.5 than I am with 5.0. But I had Coric at the table, you know, helping me along with, with the yep. rules. He was interpreting rules, too, as, as, as we were going. I had Jared on my table doing the same Jared, thing. Jared, who, who knows his shit. Yep. And, and Matt. I don't know how Matt knows the rules as well. I've never seen Matt travel with a book, but he does. I don't know how, but he does. Um, so we had all these other resources. I was okay with not knowing all the rules. I'm still okay with not knowing all the rules. I don't have to know all the rules. I have books that have the rules in them, and I have people way better at it than me, <laughs> like like Jared and and Corrick and, and yep. pretty much everybody. Um, all I need to do is a DM is run a good game. The rules are just, who cares? But that doesn't make me infallible either. No. But like you said, the rules are just guidelines, really. They're not rules. They are. They're more guidelines. Yep. And they are meant to be bent. You know, and the, the guy... <laughs> <laughs> he was so proud. See if he yeah. puffed it. And they're meant to be bent. <laughs> yeah, coming from one of the most creative players I've ever yeah. played at a table with, now you see where the philosophy yeah, the, comes the, the from. The king bender over yep. here. We call him the pretzel maker. Yeah. <laughs> His interpretation of, of the rules looks like a yoga class. Yeah. <laughs> but the God complex could be like really off-putting. Off, yeah. Like just bad. Well, we recently came up with the, you know, came into this and we did an episode um, on a viewer uh, email that came to us. Yeah. It, or it's viewer, short, a listener email. It's the, short content, but not really. Yeah. Cause we kind of went on for a while, but uh, this came up at a, at a at a game, and he he presented it to us, and we 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 kind of went over it a bit, and it we told him it was hopefully it was a one off because he didn't mention that up to that point for several months he'd been doing a good job and really liked the game and like that, and it just this one night, um, it literally came out and said, well, no, it's going that way because I'm God, and it kind of set him off a little bit, and so we kind of talked him down, and and hopefully that will resolve itself, but. It could very easily, with a new player, it could put them off to the point where it's like, well, this is nonsensical. This game sucks. Yeah, what's the sense of yeah. having rules if, if they're just going to make them up as they go? And, and I'm not allowed to do the same. Right. You know, to, I, I, I think that that speaks to a good point you just made. It's, it's like if you're going to, you know, fudge the rules or if you're going to, um, you know, get the rules wrong, which, which is going to happen. Understand that you, and this goes back to squashing player creativity, understand that the same should be true for your players. It's like, okay, I know this doesn't work this way necessarily, but it doesn't say right out it doesn't. So here's my idea. Yep. Um, so if, if you're going to, if you're going to do a little fudging, allow your players that as, as well to some, to some extent within, in, within reason. But the God complex is you're walking that fine line, right, between um, GM and adversarial GM. I was going to say insanity. <laughs> <laughs> adversarial GMs are never good. And once you yeah. start getting that God complex thing in, in your head, you become an adversarial GM, DM, whatever M you want to you wanna call it. But – Honestly, it's just 
you're just, you know, well on your way to being a dick and not having, yeah. and I, it's a harsh language to use, but it's true, you know, right. just back off. And if it's pointed yourself. out to you, okay, apologize. Yeah. You know, so I'm sorry. Hopefully it was a one off. It was a bad day. I got pissed off at the wife or work or the dog bit my ankle and it hurts like a freaking SOB. Whatever it is, just, you know, hopefully it was a one off. Let them know that it was. And say, you're absolutely right. I apologize. That, that's it. That one's on me. Um, I'll try everything I can to make sure it does not happen again. But if it does repeatedly happen, then unfortunately, um, I would suggest the players turn around and look for another game master. Yeah, you're going to be lonely at the table. Yeah. Right? If, you're, if your players are, are sitting down and they're talking to you about something that they find upsetting or off-putting, it means they're putting a great deal of trust in you. So take it and be respectful of it because they're sitting down and taking the time and talking to you and trying to correct the problem or make you aware because you may not know, right? They're probably yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt. And if, if you don't change that behavior, then you're going to be at a table all by yourself. And that's not much fun. No, it is not. And players be respectful of your game master. Cause you have to remember that it might be just a bad day, a one-off yeah. stuff like that. So don't go at them and go, you know, you're a complete a-hole and, and start going off on them because that's, that's going to turn it into adversarial as well. Um, a little bit of respect on both sides and a little bit of understanding on both sides and they'll, it should iron itself out pretty quickly. So DMs, humble yourself. You're not a god. You're not a yep. god. You're not the god. You're just another player. You just happen to sit at the head of the table and are pretty much coming up with the the storyline for the shared storytelling. Yeah, experience. you're presenting the framework of the story. Yes. And everyone at the table is going to help embellish it. So we'll move on to the next one, shall we? Yes. Lou, I like you very much. Here's a magic sword. Bill, eh, not so much. You get a copper piece. Sweet. Yes. Playing, playing. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> playing, playing favorites. Playing favorites. Um, this one's a little, I think it can be a little touchy sometimes. It, it can be, it can be a little touchy. And I, I like to take the approach, like as a parent and having, more than one child. I don't like one child more than the other, right? They're like my fingers. I like them all. I want to keep all of them, right? But they all are, are different. And that's the way the players should be. I have played at tables with couples. Ugh. And where one half of the couple is, is the DM. And I don't want, you know, I, my, I don't want my, my missus to be pissed at me or I don't want my mister to be pissed at me. So I have to like, I have to kind of pay some fan service to them and they're allowed to just get away with anything. Or the, I like that girl who's at the table. So if I'm really good to her at the, at the table, maybe she'll go out with me. So first off, that doesn't happen. Okay. So, so just don't even bother to do that. And though she's still a girl, you are still a geek and a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she, Doesn't matter. If she is too. You're still a geek and a nerd. <laughs> but the, it makes it uncomfortable for everybody else at the table, you know, especially in those like relationship circumstances. I've, 
I've always I've always said, man, it'd be cool to have a girlfriend that played D and D. And then I think about it and go, you know what? No, it really wouldn't be. I don't want that. Well, number two, number one, it, it cut into your me time. Yes. Number two, she might turn out to have dice that roll better than you. Well, and that's, that's just gonna piss you right off. She'll probably be better at the game and know <laughs> the rules better. And I don't want that. <laughs> Which means everyone else at the table is going to like her more than you, too. Yeah. <laughs> Automatically. Just You're spiraling downwards yeah. fast, dude. You're spiraling. Yeah. You know, just don't it's go like, there. my God. You're not, no, I guess. Uh, no no girl gamers. Girl gamers, you're you're awesome. but No girl gamers for you. No, because you're, for all those reasons, you're you're probably smarter than me. Your dice are better. You, you play the game better. You know the game better. So it's like. Sorry, ladies, I'm not available. <laughs> no, like they care. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're worldwide, so there might be three. There, yes. I don't think the one yes, in Zimbabwe there, is going to contact there, you. Did anyway. you hear that? It was some laughter. That was, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there might be one female gamer in this world who has been prone to poor judgment. I, I give that, you three. And that could be. One the, might be a psychotic. Well, my track record? Yeah, that's probably. good. That's probably. <laughs> All right, enough about me. Let's uh, continue on about playing favorites. Um, yeah, just uh, if if I recall correctly, um, early on, somewhere in the maybe 30s or 40s of our episode number, uh, there was a uh, an email that we got from someone who asked a question saying, well, he stepped on a table late and three of them were already there. It was an online game. Yes. And I three, yes, I three of that. them were, were friends and him and a couple others went on to the game. It seems like the three friends got everything. Everything succeeded. They always hit. They always, the monsters always didn't make their saves. They and got the, more levels. And more levels. And these guys got nothing. And and the rules always seem to favor the, the, the friends as opposed to these two. And that, it may not just be favorites of one person. It might be favorites of several. And yeah. in that case, it was half the table. Yeah. And they asked us, what should we do? We all told, unanimously said, find another game. Yep. You're, you're online. You have a world at your, your your services. And it's not like you have to go down the street because there's the only few people in this little town in, you know, in Iowa or something like that. You're online. There are millions of people that you could join up with. Oh, it's so much better now. It, it really it is. And uh, that uh, in, in online, I've, I've played online before. It's it's good to um, I I look at it like you know what if I want a beer and there's nothing but Budweiser maybe I'll drink that. It's not as good. It's not as good as the Stella Artois like multi pack that you could get down at the packing <laughs> store. You know it's got the the Hefeweizen and all this other awesome stuff in there, but it does the trick, right? Um, it's always better to be in person, but with 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 all these online platforms world is your oyster we used to have to we used to have to handwrite looking for gamers or looking for a game and then leave our house phone number because nobody had cell phones or our beeper number (laughs) on on it and 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 slice all these little things so you could rip the the tab tab off the bottom yeah and then have our have our mom or dad photocopy it at work on the uh was it the mimeograph mimeograph yep and and travel to all these little gaming shops and tack them up on the bulletin boards, you know, and yep. we'd walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to them barefoot because that, and we liked it in June and in, <laughs> in June, those fucking June snowstorms <laughs> back in the old days. So it's, it's, it, it's a lot easier. And in DMS, you got to understand this too. It's like, you're going to players are going to bounce on you for playing, 
playing favorites like that. Yeah, and it's not just the relationships with the boys or girls. It's my buddies. You know, my, yeah. It's it's about spotlighting too, or sharing the the spotlight, I should say. Right. Instead of giving one person ten minutes, everybody else get one. Got to make sure that's kind of equal. Yep. And there's and there's a difference, you know. And never never confuse them, right? Because there were I've I've had uh, sessions where you know the spotlight was on Lou's character, and then I've had sessions where spotlight was on Corix, and then Mark because it was it was part of their their story building and their character building, but it wasn't as though they were. There were there was favoritism. It was this is now your moment. Right. That's that's a little different. Yeah, it is. But I, I to, to lose point. It's like during gameplay and repeatedly, repeat, the spotlight always seems to shine on one or two. Yes. And you know everyone. Oh, I get my spotlight. Okay, he went on a half hour diatribe, and in six seconds cleared a building of six rooms, and I got mine. I got one action, and I got from the the, the front yard to the front steps, and there's something in my way, but uh, on the next round, I'll get to attack them. Meanwhile, this person gets another half an hour and clears the entire cellar. I, I think there was uh, an example of that in that same... That same email yeah, was exactly yeah. something very similar to yep. that, yeah. So, you know, just sharing the spotlight, it again is, like I said, the, the spotlight and, and favoritism, two different things, but when that spotlight is always shining on same people you know person or people then that's favoritism exactly it's longer and brighter because lou is awesome and, and bill is not and, and bill sucks <laughs> he's horrible i'd never play with him <laughs> he sucks as a game master too he'll kill you i will if you look wrong you just yep boom done the rocks fall i'm in the desert there's still rocks <laughs> just very small ones just very small ones <laughs> Yeah, I've seen I've I've seen way too much of that over the past forty years that that favorite favoritism thing, and I get it too. There's sometimes a player will come up with a player concept and will just play the shit out of that character, and I'm like, I like that character. That's a cool character, and I like I like what they're they're doing with it. And I know I give Lou a lot of shit, and he deserves it. Oh yeah, and buckets. not most of the time, all the time. Yeah. But I'm surprised you don't give him more shit. I I just don't have enough time in the day. Otherwise, I would. I mean, I have. I keep running lists. Well, you're, a lot of your a, a lot of that is taken up by the shit he's giving you. Yeah, usually I can't get a word in edgewise with with him. But his his characters are always really cool characters. Yeah. Fun to fun to have at the gaming table. You know, Gravin and uh, uh, Rumblebelly and and Steve. <laughs> Steve and, and derp and derp. Yeah. So they're, they're fun, you know? And, and I, I think of a lot of characters that, that stand out like, like that, like, um, uh, Marcus's Marcus's, uh, character Vicanor, who is, and he describes it as a, I'm an entertainer. I go both ways. <laughs> and, but the, the character was awesome. It was fun to have, Fun to have at the table for a different reason than it was fun to have, you know, like, like a Gravin or Iskander. And and Sin's character, Dory, was fun to... Actually, every one of Sin's characters is fun to have at the table because it's like it's like playing D&D with Gary Busey post-motorcycle accident. <laughs> you just never know what's going to yeah, happen. You, know, yeah, you just, never know. It's like 
it's like um, wild magic all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Even if there's no magic magic involved, it's just <laughs> like we're rolling a dice. Are we getting like a swarm of butterflies or uh, an explosion? An explosion. <laughs> or am I once again just going to walk around naked? Yeah. <laughs> This could be his characters. All his characters somehow we, end up naked somewhere. Yeah, there is a random sin chart out there somewhere yeah, there is. in the works. Where uh, what is what is his character uh, going to do now? <laughs> the character you love to hate. Um, I I, I think we're done. I, I well, I tell you what, let's save what we have left for yet another edition. Oh, is, there's more. There's, there's more. Always more. Yeah, there's a lot of things we as DMs do that'll piss a player off, yes. and and we'll apologize formally apologize for pissing you off. Yes, uh, uh, and apologize for all the other game masters that are pissing you off. Tell them to listen to us, and we'll set them straight. Yeah, we might, or we might just piss them off too. Yeah, and on behalf of all the players, we accept. And that's five more things DMs do that players hate. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.